0: the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball.
1: Eight strikeouts right. for the king tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for in the Strike three called on the outside corner and there it is.
2: It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast.
0: Kyle Seager!
2: Here's your host, Gary Hill.
3: All right. Welcome back once again. Hasn't been that long. Great to have you here. We have a great podcast in store once again. Obviously, giant news. As Edgar Martinez, his number will be retired this summer in a ceremony. His number will hang alongside Ken Griffey Jr. and alongside Jackie Robinson for all time. That is going to be a weekend you don't want to miss. August 12th will be the day. It will be an Edgar Martinez weekend. The logo has already been unveiled. It is going to be a special time for a very special player, certainly in the hearts of Mariner fans. That's going to be a lot of fun. So. This podcast is going to center mostly around Edgar Martinez. Aaron Goldsmith is going to be here. We're going to talk about Edgar and the ceremony. Also, if you missed Aaron's conversation with Edgar, that's going to come up in a few minutes as well. And some of the highlights from the press conference, the announcement that Edgar Martinez will have his number retired. So all that is coming up on this podcast. So let's, uh, let's get right to it. Here he is. Aaron Goldsmith.
1: To the sixth, all leaving it to it for the play-by-play. Here's Aaron. They're booing me, Rick. Not me. That was right on cue. If they knew you, they would never <laughs> boo you, buddy. <laughs> One-two pitch, swing and a miss. Oh, did he get tied up? That was dirty from Felix. Picks up the dirties, washes them, and brings them back fresh. And we got Aaron Goldsmith here. Hair just glistening in the sunlight, so it's pretty distracting. I'm a happily
4: married man with a child on the way, and I love King Perry. Um, that is that is me in a nutshell, and I talk about the Mariners on the radio every night.
1: So kind of let it eat. Well, oh, breaking news: the bees are still there. You look up above the mound, and it looks like you're staring up to the mothership, like you could be beamed up at any moment. That white roof with all the circles and the scaffolding.
0: Way out of here to right field. Thank you
3: very much.
5: Well, here we go. The podcast is back and that means our favorite Aaron Goldsmith is back. Thanks for coming back. And welcome to a new season G-Man, of the podcast.
4: Happy, i was going to say happy new year to you, dude.
5: Yeah, happy new year to you. How are things?
4: Things are good. We've got we got a fam, we got a family of four now, G-Man, so we got a little baby girl in the, in the uh, Goldsmith household these days. So I think uh, you're still the only person not sleeping as much as we are, uh, based on your daily schedule. <laughs> yeah, that was but a big, things are great. We're we're uh, we're enjoying the new year so far.
5: That was a big off-season acquisition by the Goldsmith household. I
4: would say so. A uh, player to be named later. Yeah, we're very very <laughs> excited, and uh, we're excited for for spring training. We're uh, we're less than a month away from when we're heading down there. So uh, exciting times in, in Mariners land and also over here for us as well.
5: No doubt. We are getting closer and closer. We're, we'll talk about that in a second. We're going to talk about FanFest as well. But I want to talk about uh, two days ago a little bit. Edgar Martinez, the big announcement, having his number retired. And certainly that is a big deal. 24-42, the only other numbers retired. And Edgar, number 11, going up there as well, and well-deserved, no question, in my mind.
4: Yeah, I I was thinking about it when I was driving to the ballpark, assuming that was going to be the announcement, and the thought that crossed my mind is, you know, if if you're going to name the street after him, you might as well retire his number, (laughs) right? I mean, it kind of seems like one would go in hand with the other. So, absolutely well-deserved, obviously an an honor that uh, made perfect sense, and Kevin Mather cited the percentage of voting for the Hall of Fame as just kind of the last thing to put them over the top as to pulling the trigger on this decision. But August 12th is when he will officially have his number retired. And that's going to be a huge Edgar weekend at the ballpark. just like we saw last year with Griffey weekend. So it's going to be tremendous. I, I know you're you're thrilled for it. We're all excited for it. And uh, the Edgar montage that you put up on the last podcast was just a, a beautiful thing, Gary. It was just it was just incredible, out of, uh, off the charts, out of sight, and uh, that just begins to sum up all that he did for the Mariners and all that he means to this great city.
5: Yeah, and all he continues to do is hitting coach as well, and he really – that is going to be such a fun weekend coming up in August. The Mariners always do such a great job with those. The Griffey weekend was spectacular. It was fun to already see the logo, but I am already looking forward to mid-August during Edgar weekend.
4: You're right. The logo is really cool. I, I told Tim Heavily, who's in charge of the PR for the Mariners, that's one of the first things I said, Heav, this is a sweet logo. Yeah. You guys did a great job with this. It's uh, Of course, the Mariners do all those types of things first class. And it, it really, I, I think it, it almost is fair to say that at times you can take for granted just because Edgar's so quiet, he's so diligent, he's such a hard worker as a hitting coach now. And he's just really that strong, silent type. Uh, it can almost be easy to, to take him for granted, I think, from especially for, for the fans listening and attending these games that aren't old enough to remember what they play. Uh, it's, it's nice to be able to kind of pause the hustle and bustle of a baseball season and really roll out the red carpet for a guy who deserves it almost more than anyone else. And really appreciate and show gratitude for all that he has done. And can, as you said, here continues to do for this organization and the city.
5: Uh, I totally agree. And fans don't have to wait until the baseball season to get to the ballpark. Big weekend coming up, FanFest this weekend. I assume you're going to be there again.
4: I will be there Saturday and Sunday. You can get all the details at Mariners.com slash FanFest. And it always impresses me. And I'm sure you would agree, Gary, the the lineup of players that Mm. the Mariners are able to get out to the Pacific Northwest when the weather can – there's always a chance the weather is less than ideal, although I was talking to some people without looking at the forecast myself, and it looks like it's going to be a little chilly, but uh, at least should be some uh, rays of sunshine. Gene Segura is going to be there, Mariners' new shortstop, Gerard Dyson, Mariners' new outfielder, Drew Smiley, of course, James Paxton. Uh, Leonis Martin, a bolt of energy, will be there as well. Uh, another new pitcher, Ivani Gallardo, Danny Valencia, who was kind enough to join us on the hot stove show the other night. And then a, a guy that uh, really burst onto the scene last year for the Mariners, Dan Altavilla out of the bullpen. And those are just a few of the names, not to mention some of the minor leaguers like uh, Kyle Lewis, you no know, first-round draft pick last year. So what a great opportunity to come out to the ballpark. First of all, it's great to get to the ballpark. Someplace that none of us have been for a long, long time. And kids 14 and under are free. Tickets only 10 bucks Saturday and Sunday, 11 to 4. And there's all kinds of activities around the ballpark for the kids and the families. In addition to one of the things that we always look forward to, the dugout dialogues where we get to actually talk to the guys and fans get to ask some questions as well. So it's uh, just a a great weekend of, of baseball. Uh, conversation of baseball activities. So we hope to see everybody out there.
5: No, it's great, especially for kids too. There's so much to do on the field, kind of behind the scenes in the clubhouse. Play some catch, take some swings. I mean, it's uh, take the zip line too if you're brave enough. There's a, a time to do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so
4: yeah, the, the zip line has quickly become a fan favorite. I'd say.
5: Yeah, it has. Have you been on that?
4: Have I changed? haven't. I'm. I was hoping to like go in tandem with Rick. That's, that'd be <laughs> tremendous.
5: <laughs> yes, I would love that. That would be, that would be uh, uh, So, it has been a really busy offseason. You rattled off a few names there and some new faces for the Mariners. What's your overall general impression of the offseason for the Mariners?
4: I think overall, this is a better team on paper than it was a season ago. It's a faster team, it's a more athletic team. It's a younger team. All those things are good in many ways. The combination of Seeger, Segura, Cano, and then adding Cruz is vicious. I mean, that is merciless. Uh, I'll be—I don't think Segura can necessarily put up the same numbers he did last year in a career career year, but that's okay. But the other side of that argument is we were saying the same thing about Nelson Cruz when he came over from Baltimore. (laughs) Look what he's done. So it's not to say that it's impossible. Uh, Nelson has done that essentially for now two years. Uh, I think the one thing that I will have my eye on the most in spring training is going to be the rotation. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure some fans are probably saying to themselves, yeah, this is what you and everybody else says every year going into spring training. And I think that's probably true. (laughs) And it's for good reason. You know, last year, The Mariners went to camp and the narrative, one of the narratives that we were saying, Gary, is that it's nice to have depth in the rotation going to spring training for the first time in a while. There's actually competition in the rotation. And as we both know, the Mariners ended up using more pitchers than any other season in franchise history last year. So depth is needed for a reason for sure. And this year, the Mariners don't really have that competition. Those five guys are set uh, with some younger less proven depth that will be uh, there just in case a guy like Ariel Miranda for example and so I'm really just looking for a healthy spring training especially for that rotation because uh, obviously there's some guys some new faces like Giovanni Gallardo uh, for example who's looking for a bounce back year and hopefully that's going to come in a Mariners uniform.
5: No question. I'm with you, too, on the rotation. I think a big key is the acquisition of Drew Smiley. That is a deal I really, really like. I think he's going to fit in with the Mariners very well. Safeco Field, I think, is going to be a great fit. I think that was a huge move to bolster the rotation.
4: Yeah, Smiley, I found it very interesting when that move was made. I started looking up some of his numbers. 30 starts last year for Tampa Bay, an ERA of course that was approaching it was approaching five. It was mm-hmm. 4.88, eight. and for Smiley, the second highest fly ball rate in the major leagues, which helps to explain 32 home runs, and that was far and away a career high for Smiley. Uh, his previous high was 18, coming back in, in 2014. So I think that the speed of the outfield will help him. You know, I'm curious your thoughts on this, Gary, is what we saw last year with home runs at Safeco Field. Was that a one-year wonder? Or can we expect to see something like that again? With, Sieger, you know, Seeger every year, his home run totals increase. Cruz doesn't really show many signs of necessarily slowing down by a whole lot. Cano coming off a monster home run season. Uh, and, of course, it wasn't just the Mariners. The no. opposing hitters were finding ways to get out of Safeco Field as well. More home runs hit. At our ballpark than any other in the majors. I mean, what do you think? Is this was this a one-year thing, or are we gonna? If, will Safeco Field at least be in the top, let's say, top five or seven again?
5: That's a great question, and I think that's one of the things to watch this year. I mean, it it would be hard to duplicate what happened last year. There were so many home runs, and I mean, Safeco Field was up there with Cincinnati and everywhere else in the in the majors, which is just hard to believe. I don't know if there's any way to really know. I mean, they hit a ton of home runs. They gave up a ton of home runs. Can are they really going to match totals on both sides? I don't know. I, I guess that's my answer. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that.
4: I was looking at, I was comparing Safeco to other ballparks. I was looking at some of the numbers, four more home runs at a Yankee stadium, 15 more home runs than a Camden yards, yeah. 21 more homers. Than Arlington at Globe Life Park, or the Rangers play. I mean, that's that's, it's that's crazy to think that with the the bandbox that is Yankee Stadium in Camden Yards, that the Mariners had there were more home, uh, 15 home runs more hit at our ballpark than Camden Yards. And you know, I brought it up to Jerry Depoto on the Hot Stove Show uh, not all that long ago, and he referenced the left-handed power that the Mariners had in the lineup and how that really helped the plane with those home runs. I mean. I mean, Martina career high in home runs that came early, right? I mean, that wasn't like down to the wire. He was looking for that. He, he, he surpassed his career high within a couple of months of the season. Adam Lynn, Jeff Smith, guys like that, some, some real left-handed power. And then of course, Cruz who can hit it out anywhere from the right side. So uh, I'm, I'm interested. To, I don't think the Mariners, I don't think say is feels going to lead baseball again. No. I think that'd be very hard as you mentioned to duplicate, but I, I'll be interested to see if in some, at least in, the uh Because think about it, Gary, even if it's in the top third, I mean, you go back not that long ago, like five years ago, and Sapka was 29th in baseball, Yeah, right, in home runs, and, right. and part of that was because of the lineups, there's no question, and the other part of that was because of the fences, but it's pretty crazy to think how far the long ball has come in Call it five years in save Field.
5: You know, my instinct is at least on the Mariners' offensive side of things that they won't match the home run totals from last year. But I think they've traded some power for some speed and maybe some batting average and maybe some on base percentage. So I think there'll be a trade off there. Because you look at some of the home run totals, and it wasn't just the starters. You had, you know, Lee chipping in 14, and Gutierrez had 14, and Seth Smith. Had 16. Right. Some guys that are no longer with the club. Uh, not to mention, you know, Cano nearly 40. Seeger got 30. Cruz 43. So there were some pretty eye-popping numbers. I, I think with the lineup this year, though, there is an added element that they didn't quite have last year that makes them even with less power more dangerous.
4: And to put this all in context, and I think this is important. Let's keep in mind too the last season, and this is really hard to believe. As hard to believe as the whole Seiko field leading the majors in home runs. Last season was the second greatest home run season in major league history.
5: Yeah, good point.
4: The only year with more was in 2000 and we know what was happening around that time. So, I mean, the the surge in the home run ball a season ago was it caught everybody off guard, and it, and to add to the mystery of the whole year, you can throw the whole safe field, field facet into it. So, you know, I think it's it's fair to think that home runs as a total could would would be coming down from what we saw from the season ago. By how much, we'll be excited to see, but uh, it'd be it'd be tough to see that many home runs hit around baseball in total as we saw a season ago.
5: And you know, I'm excited too to see a. I think, I think it's going to be a more dynamic Mariners lineup with a little more speed, uh, a chance to do a little more on the bases, a chance to take the extra base as well. And an, I think a chance, you know, you look at the RBI totals for guys like Cano and Cruz and Seager. I mean, they could even put together more production if that's possible with a guy like Segura at the top of the order if he gets on base at the same kind of rate.
4: There's no question, and if you think about Segura and his ability to get on base, and last year actually hit for power as well, and then a guy like Dyson, too, and Dyson being given the opportunity to basically be an everyday guy. At least that's how it's looking at, as we move into spring training. With the ability to get on base there and the speed that you have on the base pads, man, all of a sudden, you plug the gap and you could be sending – two bunnies all the way home to score pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, so that, that that's pretty exciting. I think one of the, the things, and Blowers and I were talking about this other night that will be interesting to see how Scott Service, this coaching staff, and the hitters decide to play it is, I mean, we see, we see it all the time, Gary, around the majors, when you've got Mike Trout at first base and Albert Pujols when Albert is hitting 40 bombs a year uh, behind him all of a sudden, Trout doesn't run at all, mm. right? A guy who's got 50 bags easily in a season, if he wants it, is getting like 10 or 15 because he's not running. So how will the Mariners balance the desire to take a base, be aggressive on the base paths, when you have the names that you mentioned hitting at the plate with Seager, Cano, Cruz? I mean, you don't want to risk taking the bat out of that hand and running out of an inning, for example. Right. So I think that's going to be – a Man, it's a good problem to have, isn't it? When you got sure. thunder like that at the plate and p- potentially speed like that on the base paths, uh, I think that's a really good problem for Scott Service and the Mariners to have, and, and I think that could be something that we see kind of evolve as this season goes along. Their their approach to it, who feels comfortable in those situations at the plate with a guy running, so uh, it's a, it, it'll be a, a, a really nice dynamic to watch unfold because there aren't many, there aren't a whole lot of teams that. Uh, can say that they have, let's say three guys who have 30 home run potential easily with the big three for the Mariners and then guys like Martin and Dyson and Segura who have 30 bag potential if they really want to get after it. Because think about Martin last year. I mean, you're looking at a month, two months where his hamstring. just wasn't good enough to run to to take second base. Uh, So I'll, I'll be really excited to see how that shakes out for the team.
5: You know, you mentioned Segura, too, and his year last year was ridiculous. I mean, he was 13th in MVP voting, and for good reason. Uh, I mean, 20 homers, but what goes, I think, overlooked sometimes, 41 doubles, 33 stolen bases, hit for average. I mean, he adds a dimension the Mariners really haven't had. I haven't added last year's numbers to it yet, but you look at the leadoff spot for the Mariners since Ichiro left, and... Before last year, they had the worst on-base percentage in baseball uh, at the leadoff spot. That should change this year with Segura.
4: Yeah, and his his ability to get on base last season really stands out, especially coming off – I mean, he had that big year in 2013 when he was an all-star with Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. and then the numbers began to dip, hitting on average about 250 the following two years. And then a big bounce back year. Of course, this is a guy that Jerry and Scott are familiar with. They had him in Anaheim before the Granky deal. So he was there for a very brief period of time. Fairly had a cup of coffee in the major leagues with the Angels, but they're familiar with him, of course, from the farm system. So a little bit of, a, of those three guys being reunited now in Seattle. And, I mean, as you mentioned, Gary, over 200 hits, hit a nearly 320, the ability to get on base and hit for power, not a ton of strikeouts. Um, and the ability to draw a walk on occasion, plus the plus the ability to steal the bases, to steal the bases like he did last year, uh, this is a, a a pretty dynamic guy. And you think about the Mariners' void at short. You mentioned a leadoff hitter, but kind of the void at shortstop as well. Uh, we've seen the all-glove shortstop before. We've seen the flashes offensively at times too with different personnel, but. I think you can expect at least an average Major League shortstop defensively with Segura as he gets back to that position from being at second base. And now a guy who, man, is going to be a part of a really deadly lineup and going to really be a, a, a keystone of it as well when you think about getting on base for all the guys who can help drive him in.
5: No, no doubt. This is fun. It's fun to talk baseball. Fan fest this weekend. People should come by and say hi to you. Shake your hand. What else should they do when they're coming well, out of you?
4: Well, if you if you bring it if you bring a twenty, I'd be happy to sign an autograph. So, <laughs> so but, I no check hey, no no checks, Gary. No no, che- I don't. I got burned on that one time. It's not happening again. I will have my old credit card machine though, <clears throat> so we'll be all set. It'll that's be good. I look I, forward to seeing everybody at a fan fest.
5: I assume you bring your own headshots. I assume that's the case.
4: Oh. <laughs> you know, at, at a certain point, the, they're just going to drop them out of a blimp that's going to be hovering <laughs> above Safeco Field. field. that would be great. Can't wait.
5: Oh, excellent. Well, it's good to be back. We'll we'll have you on soon. Thanks again for the time, and uh, we'll see you this weekend.
4: Absolutely, man. I'm excited to get the when when the time comes to get the podcast up uh, more regularly when spring training starts to roll around.
0: This ownership group has a very high standard for retiring a number. We've retired one in 39 years. Today, it is my privilege on behalf of the Mariners ownership, our board of directors and every member of our organization to announce that the number 11 will be retired and displayed at Safeco Field next to Junior's number 24 and Jackie Robinson's number 42. The number retirement ceremony will take place on Saturday, August 12th prior to the game that evening. It is part of a larger Edgar Martinez weekend.
6: Thank you to, to a lot of people. There's a lot of people on the way that uh, uh, you know, help and make a player better. Obviously, my managers and coaches, uh, obviously, Lupinella, that through the years, uh, I learned so much from him and uh, make me better. Uh, also, players like Junior, obviously, uh, King uh, King Griffey, Jay Buhner, that is here, uh, Randy Johnson, players like that, also make uh, make me better. And lastly, you know, the uh, greatest fans uh, in baseball, uh, the Mariners fans, uh, you know, gave me the motivations and uh, also uh, helped me uh, have the drive and, and, uh, and, and helped me through that through whole career. They welcomed me to this city and uh, got a great support from the fans. Edgar, what a thrilling and exciting day for you and your
1: family, having your number 11 retired for the Mariners here inside Safeco Field. First of all, how did you first find out that your number was
7: going to be retired by the Mariners? Well, I think it's uh, about two nights ago. Uh, Kevin Mather uh, called my phone, and uh, I missed the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so I called him back, and then he missed my call. <laughs> so finally, we got uh, uh, you know, we got to talk on the phone, and and he asked me. He said, "I need a favor for for you from you." And I said, "Okay, anything, anything you need." And uh, that's when he told me that. Uh, in August that they were going to retire my number and uh, we needed to be here you know Tuesday for a press conference. So it was pretty uh, it was a great feeling to to receive that call from him and um, uh, it feels pretty amazing right now.
1: Today during your press conference and talking with the media following, You are as stoic and as calm as you are inside the batter's box, but what are you really feeling inside?
7: Edgar? can you try to describe it? It's really hard. I mean, um, sometimes emotions are kind of hard to to explain, but I know it's a mix of emotions uh, that come from, you know, uh, getting all that satisfaction of uh, being recognized for the work that you do. and uh, also some emotions about, you know, the memories that uh, come into your mind uh, from the past and, and emotions about everything that goes through, we as a player go through, as a family and it's so many, so many thoughts that come to, to my mind that it's, it's just a range of different emotions.
1: The first group of people that you thanked to the podium was your family. And it seemed like from a distance from where we sat, you were fairly emotional talking about them. What was their reaction when you told them the good news?
7: They were very excited. Uh, you know, at the beginning, my, my girls didn't know what, what they doing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they, they, they were very excited, happy, and, and um, we had a pretty good conversation trying to explain to the girls cuz the girls they were young when i played and um uh, but they they were so excited so uh it's fun to be able to to share a little bit of uh my career with
1: with them you mentioned Lou Pinello, a fellow <laughs> Mariners Hall of Famer
7: what has Lou done for you to get you to this point you know my best years were when when Lou came to this organization, and um, he, I learned so many things from him. Every time he talked, you know, it was like he always got tried right to, you know, he get my attention, uh, and um, you know, he he start getting the best out of me as a player, like the other guys, Junior and Jay and Randy. So um <clears throat> he does uh he, he meant a lot to me. I mean he he really helped me along the way. He he was a big part of my success.
1: Since you're probably the only person that we may ever be able to ask this question to, we might as well go for it. Can you compare and contrast what it meant to you to find out that you were having a street named after you <laughs> and having your number retired? There aren't many people in this game, Edgar,
7: who have had both. I know. <laughs> You know, sometimes I joke around uh, when when people say, how it feels to have a street, you know, name after you. I was like, sometimes I think, you know, if, you know, I should have been dead or something. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> Cause usually the people, there's not many people that have a street <laughs> name after them and are still alive. <laughs> but uh, but it's incredible. I mean, I in a million years, I never would thought that, uh, what happened with the street, na- getting the street name after me, and now the number being retired uh, in a million years, I would thought that would happen.
1: When you were 20 years old in Bellingham, you had as many walks as you had hits. Your on base percentage was shockingly high, Edgar, for a young man who was hitting a buck 73, and maybe that was a sign of things to come, the on base percentage that is. Can you imagine at that point that we would be sitting here today talking about what we're talking about?
7: No, at, at that point, I have many, many doubts. Um, you know, I didn't hit well, 173, uh, and I wasn't playing every day. I'm like, I'm used to playing every day. Why right? I'm not playing? Uh, but, um, yeah, I would never thought that I would be sitting here with in this situation uh, that year. But after that year, second year, that was – I felt like, OK, I can play this game at this level. Uh, but yeah, the, the first year was tough. Your name has been in the
1: news so much lately, and it is around this time each of the last few years. Your percentage of votes for the Hall of Fame continues to increase just under 60%. It seems as though the path is certainly being paved for you to Cooperstown, which is exciting for all of us and yourself included. When people talk about Edgar Martinez, how do you want them to remember you as a player?
7: I think someone that plays the game um, hard and uh, to the best of his ability uh, to help the team win and give his best, that's all um, I can think of. um, And that's that's what I felt that I was uh, doing all these years.
1: And finally, Edgar. Saturday, August 12th, will be the official ceremony for the number 11 being retired here inside Safeco Field. It'll be a part of a huge Edgar weekend. You saw that last year with Ken Griffey Jr. when his number 24 was retired. Can you imagine what it's going to feel like for you during those three days, and especially on Saturday, August 12th?
7: Yeah, it's going to be a special weekend. I remember Junior uh, going through that weekend, especially after going through everything that went uh, on his uh, Hall of Fame induction. So it's going to be very special, uh, fun. I'm going to try to have fun. I know it's going to be some moments that's going to be emotional, but uh, uh, I'm going to try to have fun.
1: This summer we'll see number 24, number 11, and, of course, number 42 for Jackie Robinson up here inside Safeco Field. It's going to be spectacular. Edgar, congratulations once again, and thank you so much for the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. The wind of the pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Fastball
0: belted deep to left center field. And that will fly, fly away. That's over the aisle way. Way in deep left center field. That's over 420 feet, I'll guarantee you. What a bolt by Edgar Martinez. I have never seen him this high.
2: See you later. Okay, picture this.